Aloha and welcome everyone to another Paradigm Shift Circle discussion. My name is Brendan, this is Spider-Man, Skull Babylon. Thank you for joining us for today's topic. Today's topic is why is Dune so popular uh, within that kind of like the intention to be able to discuss some of its spiritual and conscious themes. So uh, this is going to be the question of why is why is Dune popular to you? What do you like about Dune? Giving people a chance to be able to come up on stage and to share a bit about uh, to share in some geekdom over over Dune. So I'm really excited about this. Obviously, this is related to uh, the new Dune movie directed by Denis Villeneuve, but also Dune in general, Dune the saga, Dune the series. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, get into some of the lore and, and uh, many of the interesting kind of like conscious elements of it so for those of you on youtube do me a favor just drop those 11 11s in the chat confirm that you guys can hear me okay i'm seeing those coming through already thank you team for those of you on tiktok or instagram if you guys are here for today's discussion now is when you want to click the link in my profile jump over to youtube for the better audio audio, audio quality and to be able to interact with the chat and for those of you on any platform if you're not already do us a favor and subscribe on spotify at paradigm shift radio to be able to check out this and all the other paradigm shift circle discussion topics in our past podcast format, plus lots of other really cool podcast episodes that we've got online. So if you're tuning in for the circles, there's lots of that, but there's also lots more of other cool stuff. So I'll just go over a quick uh, introduction that we do normally do for the Paradigm Shift Circles, just set the intention. And then from that, we'll get right into the discussion. And for today's circles, starting off, we have myself and we also have AJ and Divine Consciousness. Again, for those of you who are listening to this in the future or otherwise, if you guys want to tune, if you guys want to join on air for this one, meaning if you want to geek out with us on air, that option is available. Click the link in my profile to tune in on YouTube and connect to the Discord for those of you on Instagram and TikTok. And for those of you on YouTube, you guys can easily jump right over to Discord. And I'll just post a link for that, but you can see it pinned in the post as well. So if you're not already on our Discord, uh, this is a great opportunity to be able to jump in there. And again, we do these circle discussions every Wednesday at 4 p.m. So 4 p.m. EDT. All right, let's get into this. So thank you everyone for joining today's Paradigm Shift Circle. Before we get started, here are a few guidelines and reminders. So I'm just reading over the, the regular intentions and introduction. Paradigm Shift Circles are an intentional sacred space created to host inspirational conscious conversations to nurture our spirits and build community. Circles are sometimes recorded. This one is. At the end of the circle, a screenshot will be taken of the names of those in attendance. And please respect the instructions of the facilitators of the circle. Please respect the intention of the space. Please respect your fellow members. You're welcome to simply listen in or to speak in the circle. To step on stage and speak in the circle, please use the hand raise button and wait to be brought on stage by a facilitator. So that's for people in the Discord. Once, a sta once on stage, please wait for the facilitator's prompt to speak. If you are already on stage and wish to speak next, please blink your microphone by clicking the mute and unmute button a few times and wait for the facilitator's prompt. Circles generally go up to the top of the hour. We will conclude with gratitude at five minutes to the hour. Please tell your friends and invite others who may be interested. And if you have not already, please feel free to check out our Patreon where you can join our Patreon membership, get involved as a leading member. And that's $11 a month to be able to get additional access in our Discord server, join private events, and to be able to help support the production and ongoing creation of these awesome circles and many other awesome things that we do here through the Paradigm Shift Central community. So uh, you can also side option there if you guys even just want a tip. I'll post a link for the uh, PayPal. So if you guys are just like, here, have a quick tip. Uh, that's always appreciated and helps with the production as well. So thank you so much for joining and contributing and enjoy. So with that said, we'll uh, get right into today's topic. So thank you again, everyone, for joining in. And one more reminder for those of you on Instagram or TikTok, now's a good time. Click the link in my profile, tune in on YouTube. All right, okay, here we go. So, okay, 
Whew, now that that's out of the way, let's talk about Dune for a bit. So why is Dune so popular? And and again, I'm kind of framing this in the in the intention of being able to talk about its its many themes, its, its conscious themes, its spiritual themes, its political themes, its ecological themes, uh, the themes of like the hero's archetype that we kind of see get uh, looked at from a different perspective in, in this movie. And um, if anything, I'll just do, I'll, I'll set things up here by just kind of saying, for those of you who are tuned into this, if you haven't if you haven't seen the movie and maybe you're not really too familiar with Dune, uh, do us a favor, drop a 777 in the chat. If you are familiar with Dune and you maybe you've seen the movie, drop a 333 in the chat. And for those of you who haven't seen it, I'll do my best to kind of, for the most part, for the at least the first part of the, the episode, to, to kind of keep things relatively spoilerish free. But we'll also give a bit of a, a backstory uh, to be able to show some of the stage in which this story is set upon. But um, we'll do our best, myself and others, we'll set that intention to kind of keep things relatively spoiler free up until the point where we're like, okay, now we, now we got to talk about spoilers. So again, with any of these discussions that we do here in Paradigm Shift Circles, um, yeah, like the, the idea of like talking about consciousness and spirituality is something that exists across many genres. And and for those of you who've been following my content for a while, uh, you guys have known that that I, I love talking. I love getting all, you know, just like geeking out over over movies and conscious movies and, and this idea that it's through the power of the silver screen, the movies that we we see more of ourselves. And, and so when we have this idea that, you know, here we have like a popular movie and, and this is a chance for, for everyone's collective consciousness to kind of tune into a single idea. And, and so with this idea, what makes this movie what it is, um, is first of all, Dune in itself, created by Frank Herbert in uh, 1959, I think he started working on, he worked on it for quite a while. He's, he was a very like conscious individual. So right away, like the person who made this would have been like a, you know, like a, a pre version of, of like a modern day light worker that we would have today. But like they were just doing it in a different way. And, and, and part of the way how they were doing it as an author at the time was by being able to create a sci-fi story that um, not only incorporated their awareness of conscious themes, which is where you get a lot of like the themes of like mindfulness and, and literally talking about consciousness in the stories and also the spice and the psychedelics. And I'll give a bit of an overview in a bit. And, and then from there, um, I'll probably pass it over to, well, either AJ or Divine Consciousness, whoever wants to go next, just go ahead and blink your microphone now, just so I can know who I'm passing it to next, just as a heads up. But again, you know, with Dune, this movie, what makes it powerful is that Frank Herbert, he was a very conscious individual. Like he, he actually like was fascinated with like microbiology and, and with mushrooms and with his own psychedelic experiences. Um, sorry, AJ Divine Conscious, if you guys can blink your microphone now, I might have missed it, but go ahead and do that if either of you want to go next and we'll, we'll just figure out who to pass it to. Okay, we'll pass it to Divine Conscious in a minute. So again, Frank Herbert, like he, he, he had, like this is, I was reading about this yesterday, like he's had psychedelic experiences, uh, worked with mushrooms and, and a lot of like the visions for Dune and the inspiration for Dune, he says, he, he talks about this. He's like, it came from my experiences like with mushrooms and, and, and as well as many things, right? But that plus the idea that this modern movie created by Denis Villeneuve, um, Denis Villeneuve is credibly, is, is a very conscious individual himself. You know, I'm, I'm sure any of us could sit down and, and have a conversation with Denis Villeneuve and be like, whoa, you know, like this guy's like, he, he, we see it, we get it. You know, he's talking about things that, he's talking about time not being linear. Like I'm totally into that. You know, he, he'd be totally someone we could just have a conversation with. He's very similar to us. He just happens to be, uh, a successful director who's been given this opportunity to create this story of something that obviously influenced him. So you can see how like the 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 
the impact of this movie shifting consciousness is very ripe when you have like the story written by a conscious art author and then the film being made by a conscious filmmaker and didn't even knew just as context and, and i'll talk about this a bit later is like the same director that did the movie arrival which if you've seen that movie and again i i, I almost want to hesitate because i don't want to get into too much spoilers with arrival but arrival deals a lot with time really changes the way that we look at time consider looking at time and our relationship with time the movie Dune very much does the same. Like the movie Dune, which again, I'll just give a quick synopsis of in a minute. Um, yeah, it, it, it really challenges the way we kind of like, just like think about of time, of dreams. And uh, there's more to it as well. So this movie, again, Denis Villeneuve created Arrival, created Blade Runner 49, 2049, which was awesome in itself. Created several other movies, again, which have kind of like conscious themes in it. So this movie right now, I think is very relevant because much like the plot within doom it's kind of like this this meta narrative of like the dreamer awakening that is what we are doing like we are literally the dreamer awakening within dreams something you've heard me say this but within the context of dune i'll just give a quick synopsis this is what dune is for those of you who who aren't entirely familiar with it if you don't want any spoilers go watch it now but at this point i'm just going to give a kind of like a base uh foundation of what the story is as well um and this is just practice for me and then from there i'll pass it to divine consciousness and we'll have the stage set and this episode will probably go a little bit longer so again we're just kind of like setting things up here to dive in a little bit deeper so um here's my attempt at explaining what dune is again from the perspective of like well why is it so popular and what are the conscious themes so the story of dune centers around both the the person of paul atreides and and the substance known as spice and so spice is basically the psychedelic substance that is found in the the desert of the planet Arrakis, which is also known as Dune. So this is where the, the story gets its name from. Dune is the nickname for the planet Arrakis. Paul Atreides, his story is kind of like this, this hero's journey. But what's interesting is that Frank Herbert, he created this to almost challenge the typical narrative of the hero's journey, basically to kind of say like, well, you know, it's like we should we should be very careful about who we trust in a place of leadership, you know, um, stuff that was inspired to him. Like he he talked about this, how him writing this was actually kind of um, reference to like other political figures and revolutionary figures of the past. And, and this idea that within us, you know, we have this, this, we idealize a, a, a martyr or a hero or a prophecy. Um, and then like this person is, is like ultimately flawed in their own way. So uh, the story is of Paul and he is the son of the Duke Leto Atreides, which is like the head of like this, this, this is like 20,000 years in the future from Earth, but the, the planet Kaladin, which is um, home of the Atreides, actually root their origin all the way back to Earth. And so this is way in the future. There's a bunch of different houses and planets. And on this main line of the story, it's basically, and this is what the first movie is about, <coughs> it's basically the idea that the House of Atreides are, are told to go take over the planet Arrakis in place of the previous tenants uh, who were um, governed there under the directions of the emperor, like the space emperor who tells all these guilds and houses what to do. And the other house is a Harkonnen. So the core part, part of the story is like the Harkonnens versus the Atreides. And they've had this feud going on for like thousands of years. And for the last 80 years, the Harkonnens have been taking care of the Dune of Dune to be able to harvest the spice. And the spice is a very important substance within the universe of Dune, 
within the Duneverse, as it's sometimes called, uh, because the, the spice is basically used for making space travel possible. Like, like faster than light space travel is only made possible because of the spice. And part of the sub lore of Dune is what makes it very interesting. And Frank Herbert did this as well as um, very intentionally is that there are no machines, there are no AI in Dune. There are machines, but there's no thinking machines is what they call them. Um, there's, a, there's a lore to this, and, and this is part of, of like not necessarily the movie plot, but it is a very important part, part of the Dune world, known as the, um, the, the Butlerian Jihad, which is basically way, way back in the history of this history, where humans outlawed AI. Like they outlawed thinking machines, and then out of this, and this is actually really, really within the kind of the themes that's important out of this, it focuses humans towards being able to develop their intellect more. And then out of that, this school was created. And then out of that school kind of became the Spacing Guild and then the Bene Gesserit and the Bene Gesserit. And some of these names are going to sound weird. The Bene Gesserit is basically this ancient line of women that have kind of like honed their psychic abilities. And this is where you start getting into the psychic themes of this. And they have this prophecy and I hope I'm doing a good job of explaining this because I'm weaving it back around to Paul. And they have this prophecy of, of like a Messiah. And the Messiah is basically the male version of their lineage that has been trained in their psychic ways to be able to help bring forth the best possible golden path for humankind in order for humankind to survive. And so over the generations, the Bene Gesserit, they train women and they train them in psychic abilities. And it's most and it's majorly women up until Paul Atreides. And Paul Atreides is the heir of Duke Leto, who is like a descendant of humans from Earth, and Jennifer, who is a Bene Gesserit. So he's he's heir to two different things that, that are very important. He's heir to the throne of Atreides, so he's a prince. And then he's also heir to the Bene Gesserit to be able to, or he's like an inheritor to this prophecy that is basically saying that like, this male version of the Bene Gesserit will create this, uh, will become a prophet and will be able to like help guide humankind into like the, the golden, towards a golden path to be able to help ensure their survival. And the Bene Gesserit are kind of like manipulating things from behind the scenes. So the core of the story, and again, I know I'm explaining this, but I hope even just me talking about it is like, okay, maybe this is helping piece things together. But again, it's also setting the stage. Um, Dune is very complex, but, but at the same time, it, its themes are, are very powerful. And, and I want to be able to pass it over to Divine Consciousness in, in just one moment here. And within this, the again, the basic plot is that, and this is where I'll, I'll not get into spoilers, but the Atreides, they're sent to, to, to Arrakis to be able to take care of Dune. Um, but then stuff goes away. They, they like there's betrayal. Things don't go to plan. And then as a result of this, Paul needs to connect with the the local like the local culture of of Arrakis, which are the Fremen. So there's the Atreides, the Harkonnens, which are like these warlord kind of like super evil guys that are just like military soldiers and industrial. And then you got the um, the Fremen, and the Fremen are like almost like this like culture of shamans. And this is where it gets really interesting because it's like literally the plot, the plot of like Dune centers around the Fremen and their relationship with Spice, which to them is a psychedelic. It, it, it opens up their vision. It opens up their prescience is what they refer to it. It opens up their, their connection with dream time, with their ability to be able to have like foresight and also like their connection with the land, with nature. And so they basically are kind of like this like militarized kind of like shaman hippie culture. And so Paul... He is his destiny is tied to them. 
um, because within the Fremen, the Fremen have basically been given the prophecy of uh, this of, of what Paul is becoming, and this is uh, the term here, which you'll hear again, um, is the term uh, Quitsat Haderach, which is the the basically the term that the Bene Gesserit have given Paul as like this prophecy to become this male version that will like lead that will lead humankind into their destiny. And and the Quitsat Haderach means the one who sees. So the one who sees outside of normal perception of time. And um, and so, yeah, Paul's destiny is kind of like intertwined with the Fremen. And then there's kind of like this whole idea that if Paul and this is this is like the whole thing that Frank Herbert was kind of creating where Paul's kind of like created to be this prophet that will like lead people to a better age. But as a result of that, there will also be like a jihad in his name where billions of people will die. So Paul is given this choice where he has to make a choice, where he's given great responsibility on both sides, both as heir to the to the throne of of, of Kaladin to the as the Atreides family prince, um, and then heir to the being the Quitsat Haderach on his mother's side of the Bene Gesserit, and he's given this great weight, and and he carries this archetype of what I call commonly as like the reluctant prince, and so. This is uh this is basically the the concept of, of of what Dune is, and I know it kind of took me a while to explain it, but I think I. What do you guys think? Did I explain? Did I summarize the complexity of Doom pretty decently in like eleven minutes to give some give some of you a picture without fully spoiling it? Um, and so again, the story is following around Paul and his choice of of being able to kind of like live up to this prophecy and this destiny, and it, and it carries with him this archetype of kind of like the reluctant prince, and then you kind of have. Um, the character of, of Chani, Shani, Chani, however you pronounce her name, and she's kind of like this like gentle feminine Fremen who kind of helps guide Paul and, and shows up in his dream vision. So there's a lot of like yin yang male female energy. Even the Atreides house is very kind of like this like soft kind of like royal energy. And then you got the Harkonnen, which is kind of like this like very kind of like murderous militarized dangerous destructive energy um which kind of is again kind of like a yin yang that we see within uh reality as well so let's keep things rolling along here that just kind of sets the stage if, if if uh if that was new for some of you i hope it did a good job and for those of you who already know dune at least now we're all on the same page and um yo uh rainy i can see you in the in the stage in discord if you want to raise your hand and come up feel free to do that at any point anybody else in the youtube uh, please feel free to share this with your friends. Again, we're just getting into the discussion. We just kind of set the stage. We'll be here for the next little bit. I'm not going to rush this. I, I want to geek out with you guys. I want to hear why you love Dune or why you feel it was popular, how it resonated with you and what you observed in it as a reflection of you know humanity because that's what Frank Herbert created it to be. It's a mirror for us to see ourselves and to see our, our flaw, but also our greatness as well. Uh, Rainy, I'm just going to bring you up on stage. We'll get your mic checked uh, just in, in, in a couple moments here and we're going to pass it over to, to AJ and uh or sorry we're gonna pass over to divine consciousness and then we'll pass it over to to aj and um yeah we'll keep things going for at least another hour here we'll be mindful of the time and just kind of popcorn style around thank you guys so much for being a part of today's circle and again for those of you who are tuning in on youtube if you do want to join connect to the discord and you can participate on air so with that said um rainy if it's if it's not connecting right away you might have to leave the stage and rejoin sometimes it does that which i'm not entirely sure why but We'll get it sorted out. Divine Consciousness, we'll pass it over to you next. And and yeah, I'd love to invite you to be able to share, you know, why is, why is Dune so popular from your perspective to you and, and what spiritual and conscious themes have you observed? So Divine Consciousness, welcome back. When you're ready, go right ahead. Namaste. Thank you very much for having me here. Dune has been such a huge part of my healing journey. And I, I've read the entire series, so I got to be really mindful of spoilers and whatnot. Keep it pretty basic. 
but yeah, like pronunciations and everything, th I find those fascinating. Like you, you say, you say Harkonnen. That's how I always said it. In the movie, they say Harkonnen. I, I find that a little interesting. But um, there's just so much depth to Dune. So many different aspects, like you said, environment, political, consciousness. It's it's overwhelming. Just to, like throw them into one hour. But um, yeah, just you were talking about Frank Herbert and his experience with psychedelics. Like he he didn't he didn't purposely take the psychedelics from what I read. Like he was basically poisoned. Somebody snuck stuff into his food or drink or whatever, and he had you know psychedelic experience, which helped with the making of everything. Um, another thing I learned was he based the Lady Jessica. Uh, Paul's mother off of his own wife, which I found very, very fascinating. Um, my mind blanked. I'm going to pass it over whoever because my mind is just blanking all of a sudden. But um, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Divine Conscious. And yeah, at, at any point, again, we're just think of this, we're kind of like just passing the ball around. So, so all practice and, and thank you again for getting us started. And it was interesting, um, even just what you said there, I didn't know that the idea that Frank Herbert based Jessica, again, kind of like this very intuitive feminine, whoops, whoops, oh, hold on. Someone I think was coming through actually there. Um, but that's very interesting to, to know that like, yeah, like he had this woman in his life um, that would have been similar to Lady Jessica, which again is kind of like this very gentle, intuitive woman. That makes sense. I, I bet they've probably had some very interesting discussions growing up, which probably inspired him uh, to make this book kind of the behind the scenes of the, the making of it. Very cool. Okay. Let's keep things rolling along here. Um, I did just want to check in AJ and uh, symbiotic solutions. Uh, I just wanted to see if one of you guys want to decide who wants to go next. I just want to make sure that in case anybody had to head out earlier, we're not um, cutting anybody too short on time. So uh, symbiotic solutions, Rainy, go ahead and just test your microphone. We'll just make sure that we can hear you. Okay. If you just want to do that, just go test. And try coming yo, through. Yo, yo, yo. There we Can go. Can you hear me? Hey, dude. Welcome, welcome. All right. Let me just check in. And AJ, do you want to, who wants to go next? It, it's up to you guys. I just want to give you guys a chance to decide. Oh, so yeah, can go. Go. Oh, yeah. can go. He's already unmuted, so you're good. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, we'll pass it, we'll pass it over to, to Rainy and uh, AJ, thank you again. We'll pass it over to you next. So Rainy, welcome. And again, kind of the question here, uh, why is Dune so popular to you? What did you enjoy about it? What conscious spiritual themes did you kind of recognize in it? So whenever you're ready, go right ahead and welcome, dude. Oh man, uh, what is not in Dune, right? It's, uh, it's incredible. I just saw it a few nights ago. I saw the original film when I was a kid. Don't remember a lot from it. Um, did not read the books, um, but yeah, still absolutely blown away and cannot wait for, I'm actually wanting to read the books uh, because of it. It's, um, I today, just to kind of get prepared for this interview, I did a little bit of research. I, I, I watched an interview with the, the author and saw like some, uh, some just like people talking about the film, the 2021 version and, uh, super interesting stuff like the, the the author was like this is not science fiction it is religious commentary <laughs> which i love so yeah man uh, it's, it's just everything the, the the reverence uh for native indigenous culture for uh plant medicine or psychedelic substance you know um all the all the the symbolism military might versus you know naturalistic connectedness uh, and how 
and just goodness. I think that the whole concept of of becoming a, a, a spacefaring Oh, one second. Hold on, Rainy. I'm not sure if we uh, lost your mic there, but we can't hear you. So if uh, you just want to double check, we'll we'll get you back in here. So um, if need be, we can pass over to AJ and we might just do that. And then Rainy will pass back to you. I don't know what happened, but it just kind of cut out. So might need to just leave the stage and come back, but we'll pass over to you as soon as we're ready. Uh, sometimes it happens. Damn these machines. Why can't we be like doing and get rid of them and stuff like that? Honestly, I love that idea. I'm just like, I'm like, man, man, like if we were to, like, you can see that where it's just kind of like the, what you see in Dune is also kind of like a warning, you know, Frank Herbert's kind of like saying, it's like, if we lose our soul, this is what we'll become. And we'll become like super dependent on just like ravaging lands and stuff. And it's interesting how like even the, the space navigation guild who control like space travel, like they're like dependent on spice, um, which is kind of like a very interesting thing. They've built their entire structure around it. But anyways, let's keep things rolling around. Uh, again, some of the themes that I loved in this was like the dream sequences, the way that dreams were depicted in this movie um, were so incredibly fascinating. And every every single shot in this, it was done with such uh, such high intention uh, as well. And, and I love that even just, you know, what seed did this movie plant? And I'll just say this and pass it over to either AJ or, or Rainy. You might just, again, just try leaving the stage and come back in or just exit the app and come back in. Um, but again, within the dreams, you know, for those of us who already look at dreams as something quite mystical, we would have seen something that we resonated with. But for those who maybe um, aren't too familiar with researching dreams or giving dreams much significance, you know, it kind of opened them up to this idea of like, wait a second, you know, do my dreams tell the future do my dreams kind of like show me things beyond my sight you know so this theme of like kind of like sight beyond sight and and even with um what we were talking about like with frank herbert you know yeah this is quote-unquote science fiction but i feel like his work is very much like intended to be something that could be quite real and so if humans were given the ability to just kind of like focus on their intellect for like a good couple thousand years or however many long a school like the Benny Gesserit would like would that's kind of a question would humans be able to develop these like extra sensory telepathic uh, abilities as well so again that concept in itself is incredibly fascinating with me because a lot of the stuff that he would base the Benny Gesserit on and, and again the spice on would have been um, things that are already here in our culture related to kind of like mysticism and and again kind of like uh, ancient practices where these abilities these superhuman like abilities are actually known and actually quite real so um, super fascinating stuff. Rainy, go ahead and uh, it, it might be glitching out if you're trying to join. So we'll make sure that we get you up here in the next couple of moments. I apologize for that. And um, AJ, let's uh, pass it over to you and, and and give us a, oh, maybe Rainy's back real quick. All right, Rainy, go ahead and, and just check your microphone. I think you're probably good now. So we'll just pass back to you and then we'll pass back to AJ in a couple of minutes. So go ahead, AJ, or sorry, Rainy, see if it's working again. Check. Yeah, okay, you're, you're back. All right, um, go ahead, dude. You can either just pick up where you were or anything else. Uh -huh. I have no idea where I was when I left off. I just kept talking and somehow I realized eventually that nobody was listening to me and you were talking and then I couldn't even hear you. So something went on, but where did I get cut off? Oh man, great question. I'm trying to, things are happening so fast here. I mean, earlier when you were starting your, yeah, just talking about like the reverence for um, like the indigenous cultures and everything like that. Mm -hmm. You were talking about that, but then you got into other stuff as well. I, on the top of my head, I can't really remember. Um, but even even still, dude, we, I was just kind of like getting into like even like the like the dream themes and stuff like that. Anything on that that kind of mm -hmm. like really when you saw it, you're just like, whoa, that's you know really resonant. Yeah, I mean, I think there's so many parallels between it and how I believe we are at, at currently. Like, I do believe we have a, a lot of 
abilities that we generally don't necessarily recognize that we have at least normalized. I mean, people talk about telepathy and, and stuff like that, but I think we have these abilities. I think everybody has dreams that are very meaningful to them. Maybe they can't predict the future or whatever, but I think, you know, there's a lot there. And But um, basically what I wanted to say was just like everything about where eventually where I went before I got cut off um, was that I think looking at how humans are right now, if we want to become a interplanetary species and, you know, have this sort of concept of a golden path of, of uh, what the best path for humanity is, I think, I don't know, I was just very inspired by, by Dune and, and it, I can't, I did a way better job of, uh, of explaining this before, but I think as you can see, my name is Symbiotic Solutions, and I believe very much in this idea that like humans, are, our highest path is completely different than what we are now living. Like we're parasitic on the planet, right? Um, and we, we can have this golden path of like some beautiful future for ourselves. And of course, there's going to be um, adversaries and, 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 and things that we have to overcome no matter what path we're choosing. But um yeah, I think it's just like amazing that like, okay, yeah, even if we become an interplanetary species, maybe there's there are going to be things that we discover on different planets that we have no idea even exists, like spice, for example, um, other hallucinogens, other substances that create that open our minds even further to say what psilocybin can do or something like that, you know, like, I think I'm just blown away by, honestly, the, the, uh, the mind of the author of this this book because he is an incredible human being absolutely yeah it, it, again you know just to be able to like the dune is what it is because frank herbert is, is who he is and, and again you know i mm -hmm. think frank herbert obviously did a lot of work on his on his own like he was he was quite older when he started like i think he was like in his like 40s or 50s when when he started the dune um series but again you know what's what's also interesting and i'll just mention this and um we can pass over to aj but rainy if there's anything else you want to say real quick we can do that but i was just going to say um again within this we we're talking about the dune movie that came out recently but we're also talking about like the series and one of the things worth mentioning just in terms of how dune has obviously inspired various creators is the um, the Jar I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of this, the Jodorowsky's version of Dune. And, and there's a documentary of this. And, and Jodorowsky um, is also, again, kind of like a, a, a like a, a graphic novelist, a comic book artist. And, and his version of Dune, which he had planned to make into a movie that never got made, there's a documentary about it. And it's like super psychedelic, like super self-realized, super kind of like higher dimensional conscious themes. Um, very much inspired by kind of like the era that that he was working on it in, which would have been like the the 70s and the the hippie revolution and stuff. Um, but you can see that you know within the the core of what Dune is, like the psychedelic experience is at the core of it. Um, but the psychedelic experience isn't just like you know the experience with the psychedelics in themselves. Isn't simply this process of you know oh you do drugs and you get high. It's more so like the experience of like meeting the godness in others. And and, and so the story of Dune is very much again kind of the story of eventually and we're getting into a little bit more spoilers here as paul begins to learn from the fremen you know it, it's about him being able to kind of like see himself in the sandworms and the sandworms are worshipped on dune as like these god beings and the fremen have this again symbiotic relationship uh with them as well so 
you experience the psychedelic experience of, of spice. Um, but then within that, you know, those who, who work with it from a place of the heart versus just a place of the mind um, have this ability to be able to like open themselves up to a deeper connection between themselves and nature in the planet. And in this case, um, the, the sandworms and Arrakis and, and all of the, the culture, like one of the things and I'll just say this, it's kind of like within the, the lore of Dune is that like the vegetation on Arrakis on Dune um, is there because the Fremen, like the Fremen have like kind of like planted and grown and, and they, again, they stay on the planet of, of Arrakis because of these sandworms and because of the spice and because of this reverence. And it's very, very interesting how, again, this kind of like relationship with nature is depicted within the story, um, opposed to the, the blind blindness that we sometimes carry as man between ourselves and nature, which again, we see through the reflection of the Harkonnen. So the Harkonnen or the Harkonnen, or again, are kind of like a, a the story or kind of like the the industrial age and the industrial habits of man that are just like rape and pillage and destroy the land whereas the fremen and a bit of the atreides is a little bit more um intentional to be able to create and focus on that connection as well um which is a connection that we're all making as well so it's like are we you know we're learning from the fremen we're learning from you know from like paul's journey and it's very much within the same ballpark if you want to look at it where it's like kind of like avatar and like the fremen are kind of like the version of the navi it's kind it's within the same story of um archetypes um rainy is there anything else you just want to mention then we'll pass it over to, to aj and then we'll, we'll keep things going from there again obviously a lot to talk about so anything else rainy at the moment yeah i just wanted to say like I, th I thought it was really interesting um right when i saw the film i got done with it and i immediately like posted an instagram story that said like dune is you know like thumbs up like amazing and i only got one comment from somebody who's like just talking so much trash they were like so disappointed by it you know and i couldn't relate at all i was like what did we watch the same film like why why do you feel that way and he's like oh like i was expecting like more technological advancement and like this and that and i'm like but that's the beauty of it like like okay you've got these ufos that like can fly silently and these like dragonfly vehicles that are like organically mechanical and beautiful but also you've got this like primitive technology that is like these suits that you can it's like the, the best most amazing technology is coming from the indigenous cultures that are like look you can survive in an unsurvivable situation with this technology that we created you know and we don't have to be destroying the planet and be super technological we can also be you know, primitive and live symbiotically with nature while being super technologically advanced. And, you know, I just thought it was really interesting that like somebody, like I am a videographer and cinematographer, so I, like I do look at films differently than most, but I just had not a single criticism. And this guy like hated the fucking film. I was like, what is, what, <laughs> you know? I, I would like to add, I love, love how you mentioned golden path earlier and you never even read the books like that's just beautiful irony right there yeah i mean uh i only um i didn't even know about that when i saw the film i just uh to actually prepare for this little radio show i was uh watching some videos and some guy was talking more in depth about like those concepts and it was like wow like wow i, I love this film even more you know yeah, one one of the great things about Dune is honestly like the Dune um, nerd culture online, and and uh, 
I, I do recommend for those of you who are interested in this, because this is even for myself where a lot of my wisdom about Dune came. Um, I've read a bit of the books. I haven't read much of the books. Um, I remember I kind of, when I found out about the movies, I started looking into it a bit more and kind of like some of us here, I saw the David Lynch version back in the day and shout out to David Lynch. Like that guy's like super woke too, right? Like why did he do that movie? There are obviously like super trippy themes, even in that version from like 1989 or whatever. Um, but the YouTube channels that I do recommend that for, for those of you who are interested to check out, if you're just like, well, I don't have time to read the books, but I still want to learn about the world and the lore and what to learn from it. Check out on YouTube, check out Quinn's ideas and nerd cookies. So those are two YouTube channels, Quinn's ideas, Q U I N N ideas and nerd cookies. Both of those have, from my knowledge, like some of the best uh, summary videos on the internet. And I'll post those into the information uh, into the show notes for this video. Let's keep things rolling along here. I want to be able to pass over to AJ. And I know AJ is um, a big geek on, on Dune too. And, and I'd love to just be able to give you a chance to, again, help us dive into this. Not It's not even a mystery. It's just kind of celebrating why Dune is so popular. And, and especially now, why, you know, why is Dune needed right now? I think it's showing us a very interesting choice that we have to make as well. So um, AJ, if you're ready, I'll pass over to you. And then from there, we'll just keep passing it around as we go. Anybody else on YouTube who wants to join, connect into the Discord, connect on stage, and you can join on air. And we'll keep things going until about 5.30, and then we'll wrap it up. So AJ, with that said, welcome, and over to you. Welcome. Many blessings, everybody. Uh, I'm, you know, I don't know if I would say I was a huge geek, but I would say that the the themes, uh, I was like 14 when I picked up Dune, and um, it was... I didn't get through all the books. I, I got overwhelmed with life and I, I put it down and never really picked it back up. And after really watching this movie, I was like, oh my God, why didn't I just get really involved? And it makes me want to go back to read it again. Um, and spoiler alerts, I'm, I'm just going to have to go in just because there were certain parts in the movie that I was just like, it really connected with me. And so just just fair warning. Uh, so at the beginning, you know, one of the, the first lines, it really talks about dreams and dreams is something, uh, you know, on, on my, uh, discord as mystic dreamer. And, uh, I I'm definitely heavily into dreams and, you know, there was a lot of deja rev, uh, which is already dreamed is like the French word for already dreamed. So sort of like premonitions that, you know, uh, Paul went through and his experience and just, you know, having these things come up and it's like, man, I'm in this dream state, but I'm having all of these things come back up. And how is this relating to life and what I'm actually experiencing within the waking world? And as he's going through his experience, one of the parts that I, you know, when he was in contact with the, the Bene Jesuit and, you know, he has to put his hand in the box and it was just like before he he does that he goes into he's commanded um which is a power of suggestion there were so many things that um it sort of hit on um sort of suggestions that they were able to carry to will them themselves or other people into doing what they wanted to do and um but he had a choice in putting his hand in a box knowing that like he had a decision to make and when he put his hand in a box it was like well, what are you going to feel and it's pain and he had to go through that experience. And I thought that was so profound in that it's like, yeah, me going through this experience and, and getting this awakening or really figuring out who my true self is or the experiences that we go through in life. And if we're trying to get to our destiny, quote unquote, 
when he made that decision to put his hand in a box and he was experiencing the pain, there were many times where he wanted to wince and pull it, pull it out, and he had to go through it. Um, and and I just found that like there was some deep concepts just with that scene in itself. Um, and that was just at the beginning. That was just, that was just like to start. Um, and then going through the experiences with, you know, what I really found interesting about Spice, which I did a little bit of research on, was that not only was it a hallucinogen, but it powered um, interstellar travel, but not in the sense of fuel, but more for the mind. And so opening up, um, being able to transcribe all of these um, equations really quickly in your mind. Um, and I found that like super interesting uh, to where it was like that hallucinogenic sort of opening the realm of the mind and an expansion and being at the oneness. But then uh, you have the uh, Harkonnen uh, on the other end using this sort of, uh, I don't know, militarized utilitarian sort of thing and just trying to grab as much as they can um and just totally dominating and just you know raping everything and resources and and then i looked at you know our society and and you know how government systems are set up and you know wanting to progress in certain aspects of the world and you know oh we're doing this for the betterment of the world and it's like yeah but you're killing a whole bunch of you're, you're killing people and you just don't care um I just, there were so many dualities and, and in speaking with duality um, with just the uh, the Bene Jesuits and the whole thing of the Messiah and they were all women and here comes this male that's supposed to be a prophet and just how um, at the seed of the soul was the woman or the seed and they have these intuitive gifts and powers to be able to wield over others and then you have the male, which is supposed to be this quote-unquote uh, prophet that comes in and is supposed to um, expand, um, but also, you know, knowing that full well that other people are going to die. And I think that that's that yin and yang, that, that whole thing that goes uh, with, the, with the way the universe sort of is, is that, that seat that we sit on. Um, and those ideas are really played well within the movie when we sit down and look at it, um, I, I thought that this movie was absolutely phenomenally done. Um, I, I just hit on some of the stuff because I could go into a lot more. Um, there was one uh, scene, uh, again, at the beginning of the movie where she had asked him to, um, was it past assault or something? And, and she was like, well, tell me, command me basically. And he had to to use his mind, and he it, and it was, it didn't come out right the first time, and it was that whole practicing and and being in tune. And later on, there's another scene where that is also used. I'm not going to give that away, but uh, <laughs> but that is also used um, in the sense of the power of the mind and uh, of what their gifts are, and. Um, I don't know, man. It was just such an amazing movie. I, I want to see it again. I've, I've told a few of my friends uh, about it. And, um, you know, most most of them are just like, ah, you know, it's not really a, a I don't know if I really want to go see it. And I'm just like, man, like <laughs> you're, you're missing out because I, I like movies that really play with the mind and going deeper 
and, and looking at deeper fundamental aspects of who we are as people, our potential with one, the dream state, which is, is commonly themed in, in this movie, uh, but also the power of choice that we have within that. And I think that's one of the, the biggest concepts of this, of this journey is that, you know, even within the dreams and things that are, were seen before, it doesn't necessarily have to be that. You still have a choice to make at the end of the day on which way you want to go with it. Um, and there are decisions that are made that are, some of them play out the way that they are. And in others, it's like, oh, I have a conscious decision to make in this one. I actually can change the trajectory and the way things go. Um, yeah, man, it's it just absolutely amazing. I just want to leave it at that. And I might jump in later, but that's sort of the ground basis on where I wanted to, to leave with this. So thank you for letting me share. Thank so, you. Well, uh, I just, just want to go oh, ahead. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was just going to say thank you. Thank you, AJ. And uh, go ahead, Rainy. We'll pass over to you and then I'll go after that. I just wanted to say, yeah, I'm glad you uh, mentioned that whole thing about the, like the, 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 the telepathic, like commanding uh, ability, kind of like the Jedi mind tricks that they have on people, but it's, it's like, they had the subtlety of like saying, no, it's not, you know, you have to find the right frequency. You have to find the right tone. You have to find the right energy. You know, you can't force it too much, blah, blah, blah. Like, there's so many things in this film that are like so tuned into, you know, ancient, um, ancient consciousness and uh, Eastern thought and 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 uh, shamanistic thought and stuff like that. But like, yeah, I'm really glad you mentioned that. And I just wanted to say one more thing because I I probably for, I would have forgotten it if if you wouldn't have said some of the things you said. Like when we left this film, I had a download. Like I don't. I don't like calling it a download because somebody I used to know used to call these downloads and she was batshit fucking crazy. But like, I had this idea when I left the theater, like not only was my consciousness and like my state of mind completely changed when I left the theater as to when I went in the theater, but like I had this idea that I'd never really const like uh, thought of before. Like we all like think about like, Oh, I want, I want to change my life. I need to change things in my life. You know, like, and like, we've had this feeling often that like, oh, I'm not doing enough or, you know, I'm not making changes big enough or, or whatever like that. Like this little change in my life isn't gonna make that big of a difference or whatever. But I had this idea that was like, no, we are thinking too big. We need to start smaller. We need to start on a cellular level. No, an atomic level, no, a quark level. Like we have to go smaller and smaller and smaller and make these changes in our lives because when we do that, when we make these tiny, tiny little changes in our lives, we're starting from the real beginning of something and really going down like, I don't know how to explain what I'm trying to say, but like, I just had this download of no, start smaller. Like, and I have this idea that we can start like in any point on earth, for example, and start growing paradise from that point. We can start, you know, start a compost pile right there. And from starting a compost pile, we're regrowing paradise from that little point. But I was thinking like even, if you guys are uh, familiar with the, I don't even know the name. There's a, a guy that, his name's Bob, Bob Lazar. 
and he talks about these UFOs that he used to work on in Area 51. And he says that these UFOs are organic. They look like they're grown or created some through some sort of way that, you know, like we have, we can't even fathom them. Not only can we not fathom how they work, we can't fathom them how they were built. And like, it's just, maybe I'm crazy, but I, I feel like we can, if we really take this idea of starting smaller, like really rebuilding things, just as life grows organically, it grows from a cell and multiplies, you know, from there. I think if we take this concept and really think really small, that's how we create these amazing things. That's how we grow, like not only paradise in the planet, but like just like nanotechnology. That's how, like the smaller we're getting with things, the more technologically advanced, the more potential something has. And I think that kind of has a really interesting uh, play, like in our lives too. Like, don't sweat that. Like, oh, okay, I, you know, I only walked around the block today. I didn't go for a five mile run, right? You know, like, no, we need to think smaller. Like, okay, maybe I need to detox my cells rather than you know training for a marathon right now. Maybe I should, you know, drink a drink some orange juice or something like that. You know, that's I just felt like I had to say that. Thank you. Thank you, Rainy. Yeah. And, and again, even even within Dune, like there is some interesting elements how um, Paul's character is, is known as Muhadib. And the Muhadib is is like the Fremen word for basically like a small desert mouse. Um, and, and it's not only referring to like this desert mouse um, in terms of like the relationship it has with the planet. Um, but again, it's just kind of like it's like one small person can make a big difference. In this case, uh, obviously, Paul's path is a little bit of a different trajectory because he's got all this prophecy um, weighted behind him. But but yeah, you know, it is kind of like this idea with throughout the movie that it's like one choice changes entire outcome. So it's like, what choice do we want to make? And and the choices that Paul um, ultimately has to make, even by the end of the movie, are, are, are incredibly fascinating. And, and, I, and I'd love to just kind of like geek out on. Um, a couple things here and then i wanted to go back even to what um or maybe i'll just go back first on, on what we were talking about before with uh like what is known as the voice the the ability for them to be able to what we kind of recognize as doing like jedi mind tricks on people and it's interesting because state the obvious um george lucas like he read dune before he made star wars so like a lot of like the lore that we see in star wars is directly inspired from from dune he says that openly um, but again, you know, like within the, within the story of, of Dune, there's so many conscious themes that are, that are like quite explicit. Um, again, with Spice, Spice is essentially the main character, like throughout the series, Spice is like always there. Like, like all of these other characters, as you get later on in the books, they all kind of rotate and, and Paul's not even in it for, for like the entire thing, right? Like it goes beyond Paul, which again, I don't want to get too, too into, I don't want to spoil too, too much for, for people who haven't really fully read, um, beyond those parts yet. Um, but again, you know, like within this, it's, it's fascinating because like even in the book, it, it literally explicitly says that, you know, it's like spice, ex spice extends life, spice expands consciousness. And, and so what does it mean to be able to, to have our consciousness expanded? And, and one of the things that's interesting is that we have this um, relationship with dreams uh, that Paul experiences. And, and you can understand that like even you know the other characters like dreams are significant to them and and even when the movie starts 
you can tell how much dreams are, are a core part of this because before the 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 like studio logos even pop up at the beginning of the movie it, it has the uh the satakar which is like the military regiment like one of them um like the guy who does like this like vocal chant it's their language and, and it says dreams are messages from the deep and one of the things that I find interesting is that, again, within this um, movie, whether it's explicitly or more so just subtly interpreted and received by the audience, it presents this very fascinating idea of like, well, wait a second. Are dreams affecting the course of the reality? Like, are, are, is reality changed because of the fact that you have a dream that's like a representation of the future and therefore your path into the present is altered because you had that dream? Had you not had that dream, would the, what would the path have been? Would it have been different? Which is a fascinating question. Because again, it really does kind of, from one of the ways that I love to be able to geek out on, look at it from that higher perspective idea of, you know, like, is the past, is the future rippling into the past? What comes first, the past or the future? We think the past comes first, um, but does it, right? Like, is it kind of, I think it's more of a Mobius strip is, is one of the ways of interpreting that. Um, but with the the story of of, uh, of Paul being the, the again the quitsat sat the quitsat tatarak tatarak I always pronounce it kind of weird. Um, the reason why it's important and this is actually a very interesting theme is and I'll just hit upon I just want to hit upon a couple things and then uh, whoever wants to go next after me just blink their microphone now and, and we'll pass it over to you. And again, is, if there is anybody else who's tuned in right now and, and does want to be able to jump up on air. Um, there's still time for that. Again, just connect into our Discord server and join the the voice, uh, join join the stage to be able to speak with your voice. But with the um, the the prophecy of the quit quitsat Hatterack is the idea that the spice actually enables and and like the Benny Gesserit, these like psychic women, they work with the spice as well. But but the spice enables them to connect with ancestral memory. Like that's one of the things that the spice actually does. It literally connects them with like the ancestral memory within their DNA. And so the reason why Paul is so important, the reason why like a male version of this is so important is because one of the ways that Frank Herbert explains it, he says that the Bene Gesserit, the females can connect with uh, only one of the chromosomes. So um, I'm just double checking which which chromosome is which um, female humans carry two X chromosomes. And, and so they can connect to the X chromosome lineage of like ancestral memory. And then the males can connect with the X and the Y. And, and therefore that allows them to be able to like see more of the ancestral story, um, which is again, why the significance of the Quitsat Hatterack is like something so rare and, and important, but also powerful. You know, it's like with this great power comes this great responsibility um so you know that whole theme of uh just kind of like being able to connect with with like connecting with the memory of our ancestors through our body like whoa like that's a really trippy theme that's a really like spiritual higher conscious theme that i thought was interesting to be in there <clears throat> but uh, but again you know like some of the other stuff that i think makes this movie so popular is the relationships that the characters have uh, i love the relationship that leto has with with paul um, where it is, it's just like this very kind of like caring relationship. Um, and, and again, and I think like that's so important for like Paul's journey to kind of be like brought up in this house that kind of like seeks to be able to move forward with respect. And then you have this interesting relationship that he has with his mother, which again is training him in these psychic abilities, um, the voice then and the prescience. And uh, again, kind of like this like softer side, but again, um, kind of turns Paul into this person that like he knows he carries power, but he's not entirely sure who to trust. 
And by later on in the movie, what we actually see is actually something so interesting because Paul has these visions, um, which we see once they're like out in the desert after the uh, car um, come and like destroy the, uh, the Atreides. And he's having these visions of kind of like this jihad that's going to happen in his name. Um, but it's interesting because it's like the the jihad and the prophecy of Paul exists because the Bene Gesserit put it into the culture of the Fremen. Like they planted the seed of it to basically say, oh, in like X number of generations, this being, the Kwisat Haderach, the Messiah, the Mahudib will arrive. Um, and then again, they kind of engineered things to be able to lead right up to that moment. And Paul kind of like fits the bill. But it's like, is Paul the Messiah or is he the Messiah because they said he's the Messiah because they because they attribute this power to him. And so what's powerful is, again, you know, you have this hero's journey with Paul, but it's this very dark and, and harrowing journey where closer to later in the movie, um, Paul's mother, Jessica, basically says to him, like, like, we should get off the planet. Like, like, okay, like, maybe you are the Quitsat Hatterack. We should get off the planet. And then Paul is basically saying, no, I'm choosing to stay on, on Arrakis because, for multiple reasons, but one of those reasons is because I want to be able to, like, get vengeance in the name of my house. To get vengeance against the Harkonnens who betrayed us, um, or the Emperor who betrayed us, technically. And then in doing that, a jihad will be like will take place in his name and so it's kind of like this idea of like he wants to be able to get vengeance but um will he be able to stop this jihad or is he accepting the fact that this jihad is inevitable and then with that he carries this like incredibly like harrowing weight to to his responsibility and his choice um so i love the the moral the morality presented within dune and again it really makes this question this idea of of what we identify as kind of like the saviors and the leaders and stuff. Um, so you can see right in that point, like Paul makes this choice, which essentially is just like, no, like I want to get revenge, even if it means billions of people will die under my name. But at the same time, he's like, but maybe I can change that. Maybe I can affect it. Paul doesn't really know. Like that's kind of the whole point. Like he doesn't really know, um, but he still has to be able to kind of like be put in these situations where his morality is tested. So um, really, really interesting, again, kind of themes within this movie. We'll, we'll hit upon a few more um, and, and any kind of like, you know, outstanding parts from either this movie or just the past movie that we just want to be able to, to geek out on again. Um, later on in the series, it does get like really, it, it kind of gets like really trippy and you kind of have like this new character, of like the God Emperor, which kind of appears and stuff. Um, but all the themes that, that we see that make Dune what it is are very present um, within the first book, within the first movie. So even just studying that, you know, I think is enough. So uh, anyways, let's keep things passing around. I'd love to just be able to, again, just kind of geek out and chit chat. And and uh, yeah, again, why is Dune so popular? And, and I think it is popular right now because people want to be able to see a story that isn't like a, like it, this movie is a critique on kind of the superhero archetype. This idea that it's like, oh, the superhero, they're here to save the day. Yeah, like this movie this story like the way frank herbert created it, he's creating it with the idea of just like is a superhero actually a good idea or is it something that we're going to idolize that's actually going to you know bring about more bad than good or something like that can it and sometimes it can so um lots of interesting kind of like layers and again reflections of, of what we as a society choose to put our attention on 
So let's keep things bouncing around. Anybody else who wants to be able to jump in next, um, just go ahead and blink your mic and, and I'll pass it over to whoever goes. So divine consciousness. And, and again, I know you were saying earlier, you've kind of like read later on in the books. Um, we'll try not to spoil too, too much later. Um, but again, even if you just kind of want to like draw perceptions from the larger scope of the stories, please feel free. Anyways, passing it over to you. When you're ready, go right ahead, dude. I, I feel everything. So when I'm with people, I'm present with them. I feel whatever it is that's some, you know, present in that moment. So when I watch movies, I do the same thing. And I went and saw it alone. I was fasting. It was day two of my fast. And it was intense. Like, I was really in the moment with Paul during the box, the uh, hunter-seeker, his first experience with the spice. Like, it was really intense. Like, he is a character I have resonated with so much and uh, another thing i wanted to point out uh after because the butlerian jihad they outlawed uh thinking machines that's you know that's the creation of the mentats they never mentioned the mentats but you know they showed thufer hawat or however you say his name and he did the little eye thing because he's he's basically calculating consciousness like what is the best path and I, I always found those characters fascinating they they really didn't go in depth in the movies so i felt i need to say that um oh what was another thing i wanted to talk about it'll it'll come to me I'll, it'll come to me i'll i'll pass it back until i'm ready that, that's good yeah I, and thank you for for mentioning the mentats i was intending to and it just kind of so many pieces but yeah so again like the mentats are basically like humans that have replaced the need for computing ai or computing technology so it's like humans that have developed their intellect so advanced that they're actually like better than any sort of like human made uh computer that would do something similar so it's kind of like again it's like how what's the limit of human consciousness and again you have these people that kind of like work with it um as well and, I, and then and the mentad do work with uh with spice as well but again even with spice it's like you have to be careful with it because like you can work with it but then you get addicted to it and that's where like the blue eyes you see those within the stories those are the people that have gotten like addicted to spice um and everything but yeah again you know the i i love um just going back again like the first scene the scene with the box um the scene of again kind of like like that whole scene of the the gum jabbar gum jabbar is the name of the box <clears throat> given to and paul as a test by the benny jesuit mother to be able to test whether he would gnaw his own arm off like an animal or to be able to conquer his fears through the will of his mind which to me i think like that scene in itself is a kind of just like an analysis like that's an essay in itself where it's like what is the scene actually showing us you know here we are so so often to kind of like give into impulses as as individuals you know it's like something slightly discomforting we're like oh pull our hand out of the box oh i don't like this oh i want this more comfortable blah blah blah, blah. But at the same time, you know, this scene's kind of showing face when faced with certain death, if Paul removes his hand from the box, he dies. Um, but, you know, like t for us, it's kind of like a metaphor. It's like, well, wait a second, you know, how much are we actually applying the will of our consciousness and, and can we apply it more? And what does that look like? And, you know, that's something that's a whole discussion and a podcast topic in itself, just like about, again, you know, the ability to be able to to conquer the instinctual mind that would almost be kind of like this this pre-programmed neural response that says, oh, I want to do things this way. I want to do things based on a habit that I've created within my neural connection. And instead being able to say like, you know what? You can conquer the uncomfortable. You can conquer fear. You are stronger than you think. And so again, that's kind of this idea is that 
with Paul, he's still human. Like that's that's kind of the whole kind of synopsis of this idea that it's like, you know, we create this story where it's like Paul is seen as God, but he is still human. And and even within him, you know, is he theoretically like just as human as we could become? He's he's his his mother is trained from a lineage of people that kind of have this like spiritual abilities but they're still human, which I think is incredibly fascinating. So it's like the things that we see within Dune that happen through the characters and these abilities, you know, it's like, I kind of alluded to this earlier, but it's like, can we do that? Can, is that actually something inside of us? Is this what we are seeing as science fiction, not as science fiction as, as what we are led to um, interpret it as. So again, I find that really fascinating, this whole idea of um, mind over matter in, in that scene. And um, yeah, so many, so many good scenes that I, I will just say is that, you know what makes dune difference is that it's not just a movie you see it's an experience you have and and so kind of like what you were saying divine consciousness that's where again the people who see this movie they will go through this movie as an experience and much what i love about movies is when you think about it movies are very much like us experiencing a dream we become the character we become paul we become jessica and and so within this you know it's like what experience does the the individual watching this movie go through um and obviously this is just part one there's there's no full arc to it but it is definitely opening us up into the world of the special which is a term within the hero's journey opening us up into this world that there is more to this reality than we have been led to believe which is so much again kind of like what this uh, collective shift in consciousness is for so for those who see this movie who aren't familiar with psychedelics and haven't really had some sort of like spiritual awakening within their own journey, they'll see this movie and it might actually kind of like plant a seed for them. It might kind of point them in a direction and be like, Oh, you know, like, what is this actually, what's consciousness? Like, what are these, like, like what's ancestral lineage and DNA and what, why, you know, maybe, maybe I want to learn more from like the Fremen. Cause again, the Fremen were literally like depictions of the indigenous cultures that we see here on earth and, and their wisdom and their knowledge. So yeah, Dune is, is a well-packaged story that really reflects many fascinating cultures of our own species depicted in the space opera of this saga 2,000 years in the future, but it is still a story of man, of humankind, of womankind, of, of us as a species, but just really kind of like laid out as, you know, what happens further down the road. Um, but ultimately, we're still struggling with things that we're still struggling with today. So yeah. Uh, we have to make that choice just like paul you know will we use our will or will we you know will we there's so many ways to be able to go i don't even think it's just two it's like what path will we choose though it's really up to us let's keep going around and we'll just get close to closing thoughts as well so anybody else just um final thoughts and then we'll just close it off with gratitude and then we'll uh we'll be done for today and and we hope that even for those of you watching this we haven't fully fully spoiled the movie so if you guys haven't seen it yet recommend go see it you know go see it in a theater or watch it on hbo max if you can but one way or another watch it experience it and almost like watch it like a meditation and, and allow yourself to really like experience it through your soul and, and notice how that what it feels like for you so whoever would like to go next just go ahead and blink your microphone real quick and then i'll pass it so yeah rainy i'll pass it over to you when you're ready go right ahead dude Hey man, um, I just wanted to talk about a thing that I bet most people didn't really catch or think about. Um, and it's about the character Jameis. Uh, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Um, he's the one that Paul kills in the battle at the end with the knife. Um, and if you remember, Jameis is in Paul's dreams, but in all of his dreams, as, at least as far as I remember, um, Jameis seems to be a very peaceful figure and a very 
you know, like he talks about teaching, oh, you, you, I think he said something like, oh, you have so much to learn or, or something like that. And he seems like a very peaceful figure in his life. And it like, like a lot of his dreams were violent, like, uh, but like in this particular, him, as far as I remember, all of them were like, he seemed like a very calming presence, like a very teaching presence. But then when it came to it, what he taught him, what he really did was awoken, he, he awoke Paul, right? That's, that's, what he ended up doing by killing Jameis, Paul was awoken. Um, but, you know, he, he, he actually ended up teaching Paul lessons. He actually, he ended up being a completely different character in real life than he was in Paul's dreams. And I think that says a lot. Um, not only that like, okay, Paul has dreams uh, that don't necessarily predict the future, um, but that, you know, we think we're gonna learn lessons in certain ways. And in the end, it, it ends up being the complete opposite. Like maybe the lesson, like the, the experience is very violent, but the lesson is very peaceful or, or something like that. Like, uh, oh man, I, I, I could, in my head, I could articulate what I'm trying to say so much better, but I think Jameis, uh, I don't know if, if somehow he does end up later up in, in later films or, or what his role is. I bet he has a larger role in the book. But um, I thought he was a really interesting character that, that you know, there's just so much going on, like with every scene that you, to unpack it all, you know, we could be here for hours. But uh, closing thoughts, yeah. Um, man, uh, another thing I wanted to say, uh, the Benny Gesserit sister, who I believe uh, was the one who put hand Paul's hand in the box. I just want to like mention like how badass are these these Benny Gesserit women? Like like our idea of like a, a feminine, uh, powerful force. Like, is, but they were like super dark. It, it was completely different from our normal idea, right? They were like super dark and super you know, serious and super, like, at the same time, you knew that they're, you know, all, all they wanted was the golden path, right? All they wanted was this extremely peaceful, perfect, harmonious future. But, you know, in order to be there, they had to be so disciplined and so, you know, on point and so serious about everything. Like, I left that film feeling so centered and so fucking serious about my future but like, you know, light, not like in a heavy, serious way, but like, wow, like, like, I need to be more like the Benny Gesserits, like, life isn't all about like, th there's this like idea that like, okay, love and light and, uh, you know, but no, there's shadow work, we have to be doing shadow work, we are extremely dark people, like our, our society is so messed up. And our upbringings are so messed up our parents, we all have you know, dark pasts, um, you know, for example, my lineage, my great grandfather was uh, on my on my father's side, my great grandfather was a, uh, a Cherokee native, uh, indigenous uh, native. And on my my mother's side, my great grandfather was, you know, much more like a colonizer. So inside of me, I have this this, uh, you know, duality, like there's the thing like you have two wolves inside of you and you, which one you feed is the one that that will win, right? And so like, I don't even like mentioning that I have Cherokee um, 
blood. I'm proud of it. But I also recognize that like, even by mentioning it and being proud of it and maybe leveraging it in some way, it's like the colonizer side of me exploiting the indigenous side of me. <laughs> it's anyways, I'm getting way off topic, but like, as you can tell, this this film just hit me so fucking deeply. <laughs> anyway, that's my closing thoughts. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Rainey. And and yeah, I think that's kind of the I, why I wanted to have this conversation is knowing that this film was going to hit each of us deeply in, in our own ways, you know, and, and, and even for people who might have just seen it and maybe they didn't fully appreciate it the first time, maybe they'll go back and they'll be like, whoa, okay, like, as I continue to go through my own shift in consciousness, now this movie suddenly becomes much more relevant, much more, again, kind of like, reflective of my own journey as well. And, and again, you know, one of the interesting themes within me and, and, and you can, it's interesting, because you look at Paul, and it's like, you empathize, you empathize with the idea that, you know, both him and Leto, like, that was the thing that they kind of shared, where it's like, they were prisoners to their destiny. They're kind of like on this path where they're just like being propelled into this expectation thrusted upon them. Um, and yet, how do, how do we carry that? And, and that's where, again, you know, I see the the responsibility that Paul bears is, is very kind of reminiscent of kind of the responsibility that, that each of us carries, uh, both indiv individually, but also collectively. It's like it's like we are, again, kind of like heir to the steward being stewards of this land, of this planet. We have literally been given a planet to be a steward of, you know, so much like Paul is the steward to, uh, again, next to rule in it for the Atreides on Arrakis, you know, so too are we, you know, the stewards and the future ancestors of this planet. How do we want to be able to leave him behind? If we don't get, you know, if we don't get ourselves together, will it just get terraformed into a desert planet just like Dune? Um, side note, one of the things that's interesting within the lore of Dune the planet Arrakis was actually like a forest planet. Like it, it had like a lot of water and vegetation. And then it was actually like the sandworms that actually like terraformed it. So they like created it into this place, um, which is fascinating as well. But yeah, the, the concept of destiny is something that, you know, I think when we look at Paul's journey, we have to look at ourselves and just be, you know, really understand, you know, where do we carry our responsibility? And whether that's the responsibility that we see just on an individual level or the responsibility of, of the of the collective that, that we all together collectively share. And that's where, again, you know, the conscious themes of this, why is this popular is that even for Paul, what was interesting is that you see Paul with these visions and these dreams and some of them are his dreams, but then other dreams are like dreams of the collective. And that in itself is a very powerful theme. The idea that, you know, some of the dreams we have are not just our own dreams. They're actually dreams for, for the bigger us as well. Um, so Paul experiences that where it's like, wait a second, the dreams aren't just something local to him. They're something like tapped into the collective web that interconnects us there uh, as well. So, um, yeah, so many fascinating topics. Um, I, I think um, I'm not sure if our buddy Craig is going to be joining in. I know he was just uh, tuning in briefly, but if he's around, we might be able to just um, bring him in, bring him in briefly. He, I chatted with him earlier about it. But yeah, let's go around just with uh, some additional um, closing thoughts. And uh, yeah, super excited to know that there is going to be a part two of Dune. Obviously, it will take a while. But um, in the meantime, yeah, just encouraging people to kind of like dive into the lore, read the books, listen to the audiobooks, watch YouTube videos and uh, talk about it more with, with people you know. Because honestly, just talking about Dune shifts consciousness when you start kind of like 
just kind of like making like placing yourself in the world of these characters i, I love talking with it, about it with my friends and with Lacey and stuff so um aj and divine consciousness did you guys want to share any closing thoughts and then we'll uh we'll get close to wrapping it up shortly after that so whoever wants to go next just go ahead and you guys can just unmute yourself if either of you want to go next let's give it a second um both you guys are very polite so i wouldn't be surprised if neither of you unmute and if that's the case um, maybe aj if you just want to go 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 ahead aj we'll yeah, pass over to you it, it was funny because i saw it i, I saw, saw that my consciousness kind of he, he signaled so i was like okay i'll let him go oh, uh, but <laughs> laugh that's all <laughs> if you, uh so uh closing thoughts um I, I really think and and thank you for hitting on the ancestral part of it um because i think that that's something there was a uh, there was a um, meditation that you did several years ago um, online, and it really, it really, I'll never forget the meditation because it was the one meditation that I cried on um, while we were going through the experience, and and we were led into this this um, this place and uh, told to look into um, the water, and um, it was sort of like in this basin or this fountain. And and as we looked into the water, you, Brendan, you had invited, you know, our ancestors to come. And I thought that was such a beautiful thing because with my ancestry, I don't know where my ancestors are from, being African American and you know, the 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 routine of it. And so um, you know, really tapping into that ancestral sort of uh DNA aspect of it, I think is it's so it's such a vital part of again what the spice is. Um, and what it can do, the many facets of what it can do, um, and how that carries weight in our lives, and and what we can tap into um, with our consciousness and where we're at, just within the realm that we live in today, like in in the waking life. Um, and so, my closing thoughts for for people that have not seen the movie and really want to delve in is: there's so many themes to this, but go in with an open mind and 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 be led you know just to to understand and go deeper and in my experience you know there's so many things to unravel but i think that's one of the, the the beauties of this of how this was created and why it was created this is definitely um not a quote-unquote regular blockbuster hit but it is a blockbuster hit for those that are that are looking for something deeper and um and those themes are definitely hit on in this movie. So it's a definitely must see. Um, I, I saw it in the theater, which I suggest you go see in the theater because it's one of those movies that you, you, you kind of get transfixed in um, just the sounds and, and uh, um, everything that's around it. And, uh, I, you know, I, I just think that it was done really well. So that's pretty much all I, I want to share. Thank you. Thank you, AJ. Yeah, I'm I'm actually in the process of of rewatching it. I was I was watching it this afternoon again while making Light Guardian crystals and just enjoying it even more the second time and really just seeing a lot of the the details and um I I, I do I do just want to give a, a quick uh, shout out to uh, again um, Jason Momoa who plays a character of Duncan Idaho which to me like oh man his character like i love his character um there's a buddy like it's interesting for those of you who have seen the journey to lucidity movies that i've done there's like my buddy in that movie jesse who kind of like 
he like plays like almost a similar role to Duncan Idaho in my movie as Duncan Idaho does to Paul, um, which again, it's kind of like this more like mature soldier warrior archetype guardian um, who again, kind of like looks over Paul and kind of leads, uh, leads by example. And, and I just love the, again, just the character of Duncan Idaho and just kind of like the loyalty and, and the swordsmanship in this movie. Um, so incredibly beautiful. And, and one thing I'll just note, this is a little bit of like Lauren for those of you who are kind of wondering um, within the, within the, uh, the, the Duneverse and, and Craig, yo, what's up, dude, I'm going to bring you up on stage and I'll pass it over to you in a minute. Craig was, uh, who I was talking about earlier. So I'm glad, uh, we'll put a couple more minutes on the clock, but within the, the Duneverse, um, one of the things that's interesting is that you'll notice in the story, how it's all like sword combat. They, they have like these shield things and they fight with swords and shields and knives and, 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 uh, like going through these vibro shields. Um, where the only way you can get through the shield is with a slow blade. If it's moving slow, it can get through the shield and cut. Um, this is actually just, again, just a little bit of lore, and I may be mistaken, but I, I believe this is the case, where those shields, like, the reason they exist was almost to kind of, like, change the type of warfare that humans did in the future. Because if you were to shoot that shield, if you were to shoot the shield, it would actually cause, like, almost like a nuclear blast, um, basically eliminating like any and all people within a surrounding area. So someone like this is like a technology. So basically at that point, everyone's just like, well, I don't want to use a gun. And then everyone just kind of like stopped using guns. And then eventually it kind of went back to like sword players and stuff like that. Anyways, I just thought that was interesting. And again, the character of Duncan Idaho, I love um, so many themes. I definitely resonated with Paul a lot. Um, definitely resonated with the, the archetype he carried again, which again, I think all of us can kind of see is a, a version of Paul inside of ourselves. His character actually, one of the reasons why I liked it, and I'll just say this past to Craig, um, his character, like it, it's, it carries similar archetypes to other characters I've also enjoyed in other films. One of the ones in particular is uh, kind of reminded me of like um, Prince, uh, Prince Ashitaka from Princess Mononoke. Um, again, kind of like this like steward from another world. And uh, again, kind of like carrying this like demon curse within him. It, not, not all the details were like totally in sync, but again, it just this, this what paul is is not like a disney prince like he is not a disney prince by any means right so he very much uh carries with him again kind of like this gray gray leader gray jedi um where he's destined to be able to to choose his own fate and and again for those of you who know leader later on in the role like it's it's questionable it's questionable whether or not like paul is a good leader which is again the whole narrative that frank herbert is creating he, do he doesn't want you to idolize paul you know he if anything he wants you to empathize um and to be able to to see your see the humanity in him in yourself as, as well so uh with that said craig I i'd love to be able to pass it over to you and just give you a chance to, to geek out with us here we'll put a few more minutes on the clock we obviously talked about like basically everything um but i'd love for you to just kind of share craig about you know what was your experience like watching dune um, even just like, have you been talking to other people about it? Have you guys noticed that like other people are talking about Dune and now those conversations are opening up conversations about consciousness and dreams. So like we can use Dune as a tool within mainstream culture to start talking to people about some of these conscious themes. That's something that's, I think, fascinating. But anyways, we'll pass it over to Craig. Craig, tell us a little bit about, you know, why do you think Dune is so popular and any conscious and spiritual themes that stood out to you? Welcome, Craig. And uh, go ahead. And Hello. Welcome. Welcome. Hello. Can you hear me all right? Yes, we can. Go right ahead. Right. Oh man, just, just listening to you talk about it then and what you were saying about the swords and I didn't even know that. That's great is why they were using that sort of combat rather than guns and yeah, what a film. Absolutely loved it. I've seen it twice now. First time I went to go check it out in the IMAX in the big screen in the cinema and 
took me a bit to kind of follow the language and the jargon and the houses and whatnot and the words they use. And then seeing it the second time, it all sunk in so much more. And the opening, you know, the opening message you get in that robotic voice, that strange language that's saying the dreams and messages from the deep. As soon as that kicked off, I was like, yes, I'm in. Meant to be watching this film. And all the films throughout, you know, if there's anything that, that I say and it resonates, please uh, jump in and, and, and bounce off it for me because I'm sure you guys have explained so much about the, the great movie already. I'm looking forward to listening to this one back. But yeah, the whole themes of, of the dreams and the messages and the, the uh, disruption in visions and prophecies and how we can interpret that ourselves and what, what does the symbolism of the dream that we have mean, you know, seeing these different interpretations it would occur throughout the film, some of them elements being true, some of them he had to kind of figure out. Uh, I loved the part, you know, when he flew into the storm, Paul and his mother, and he went into the storm in the, the helicopter thing. And he, a vision came to him then where he just, the, the guy said to him, you know, you've just got a, a flow with life which made him decide to close the helicopter wings off and just get into the storm and, you know, nature took care of him in that because he had faith, he had hope and he had trust uh, in the vision, but also in the unknown, in the present moment of going, ah, this is intuition. You know, sometimes coming through the deeper levels of collective consciousness or from earth or the subconscious, and he just, just went with it and it got him out of it, you know, they, they ended up landing and the message that also came through that point, I really loved, like it hit me hard, it, it proper plucked a chord when the, the guy who he saw in the vision was saying to him, uh, life's mysteries, the kind of not, not to figure out the answer, but just to live it as a reality. And that was a bit of knowledge that was perfect for me because I can get very in the head, very intellectual rather than being in life, you know, not uh, having the questions to to add enthusiasm and love and, and exploration and adventure to life rather than, you know, the, the end of it and trying to figure it out because there's always another question. There's always going to be something else to find the answer to. And you can actually miss so much of that rather than being in it. And that being in it is also where that trust and that intuition and being alive in life comes from at the same time. And that ah, is beautiful. So much about the film, the, the politics, you know, obviously there was the class system in there. Um, the ecology of what we're doing to the environment, like looking how how the environment's worked and man's lust to try and conquer nature rather than work with it. You know, as you saw with the uh, the freemen when they would live in the sands and they would know how to work with the sandworms and they figured out, you know, they would they could even ride them. You know, they had that strong connection with nature um, and visions and dreams, which. You know, the other houses don't. Um, it really represents to me how we create our cities and our landscapes to be away from nature and separate ourselves from it or see it as hostile and see it as an enemy rather than taking the time to learn how nature works to uh, when, when Duncan was saying, you know, he, he had admiration for the Freeman because he'd spent time with them and he loved their ways and which was shown, you know, when the when the guy spits on the table, and um, you know he's about to go to go get him, and then the Duncan's like, no, 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 it's it's a sign of of respect, and you know, just these different ways because of how they've been brought up to respect moisture and see it as something very vital and important, and yet it's taken for granted in in other worlds or in other parts of life, depending on what riches you've got around you or the things that we can take for granted. 
again can lead to dominance of nature rather than working with it and seeing the 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 riches of life itself isn't found in things you know as much as they bring um ease of life or advancement of technology and, and comfort but that's not where the essence of life is like it, it may seem smarter or as if we've got one up on nature because we've been developing the technology or bigger houses and apartment blocks or what have you and you know interstellar travel which is all incredible stuff but these people who are so humble and they live by the earth and they have a connection to the animals and just how life used to be you know much more simpler um oh there was so much in the whole film and i absolutely loved it um i'm prepared to go and see it a third time it was that good yeah loved it awesome Awesome. Craig, thank you so much for, again, just being with us and geeking out over Dune together. Um, again, this is like one of those movies where, yeah, even after we saw it, me and my girlfriend, we were just talking about it for days. And obviously, I've just dived deep into it. And, and yeah, no, I, I know there's a lot more for us to be able to continue to unpack and explore from this movie. So really just going back and, you know, watching it as many times as we feel inspired to, like, this is gonna be one of those movies where, you know, in 10 years from now, I want to like watch it with my child and like, you know, like watch like all, all three of them back to back. And who knows how many they'll do They might end up doing again, you know, like this saga goes on for, for quite a while. Um, Frank Herbert, he wrote uh, up till I think it was Dune Messiah, which I think it was like, was it like four or five, six books or whatever. But then um, his son, uh, I think Robert Herbert, if that's his name, I forget. But anyways, he wrote he wrote a bunch more. Um, and then even within that, it kind of like goes into all like the different like history and prequels. Um, a lot of people are kind of divided on on the, the series after that. But Frank Herbert, again, just did an exceptional job. Um, and again, I, 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 I'm curious now to dive more into who Frank Herbert was as a person and, and to learn more about uh, his own views and his own experiences. And, and again, we kind of alluded to earlier how he did have a lot of inspiration from working with like psychedelics. And, and I guarantee you, man, like this guy would have been going through his own uh, conscious awakening and, and kind of like hippie evolution um, within the process of him creating this story. So it, it's really cool to see again dune as just like the power of the artist to be able to create a world through which we see ourselves and then with it it's not just dune being dune for the sake of entertainment there's a message there's a moral there's a warning there's a there's a guide within dune for us to be able to to reflect on through so um again we're getting close to the end i wanted to just be able to put it on a couple more minutes now that we got craig in here uh divine consciousness if you want to be able to share any closing thoughts can pass over to you and then we'll just go around one last time just for any closing uh just like any minor things we want to add in and then we'll be done for today so yeah divine consciousness when you're ready go right ahead thank you craig thank you symbiotic solutions uh aj mystic dreamer you guys brought up wonderful points love your enthusiasm um it's his son's name's brian herbert um and there there's six books ending with chapter house dune so it's dune Dune Messiah, Children of Dune, God Emperor of Dune, Heretics of Dune, and then Chapter House Dune. And then Brian Herbert wrote a bunch. There's like two closing books to that series. And then there's like a bunch of like follow-up pre-post type dealies. But uh, something I something at Symbiotic Solutions brought up that I wanted to touch on, kind of elaborate, run parallels with the real-time consciousness is that like the Atreides came from a paradise planet and they went to this basically hell world, this desert world, 
and part of Liet Kynes, however you pronounce that guy's name, part of his dream was turning Dune into a paradise. So just kind of take that idea and shift it to reality. We're all light beings. We all come from the stars. We are the stars. And just think of, you know, you come from pure light and you're going to pure darkness. I, I kind of want to run the parallel that spice is just the absolute abyss. And like when Paul runs into that, it, all it does is resurrect memory. And so when we came to this planet, I want to say planet in air quotes here, we're really light beings walking around on a black hole. And we call it a planet because that's what everyone else calls it. And just kind of let that fathom sink into your mindset here. And that's basically what we're doing. We're turning hell into heaven because that's what we come from. That's what we are. And that's what I wanted to share with you guys. Um, I wanted to close that with a uh, quote by Jack Vanek. You are the books you read, the films you watch, the music you listen to, the people you meet, the dreams you have, the conversations you engage in. You are what you take from these. You are the sound of the ocean, the breath of fresh air, the brightest light, and the darkest corner. You are a collective of every experience you have had in your life. So drown yourself in a sea of knowledge and existence. Let the words run through your veins and let the colors fill your mind. Thank you very much for having me here. Thank you all for being here. God bless. Namaste. Light and love to you all. Thank you. Thank you, Divine Consciousness. And and yeah, this has been this has been a really, really fun conversation. And 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 I do just want to give um Craig and, and Rainey just like one more chance just for any closing thoughts and, and divine consciousness. Thank you again for your contribution. So um Rainey, did you want to just add in just one final thing and then we'll be uh, pretty much done for today after that? So last call on any closing thoughts. AJ, even if you had any closing thoughts, I think AJ's out. So um Rainey, any closing thoughts? Even uh, you already did the gratitude earlier, so no worries either way. And uh, Craig, any closing thoughts, if you want to be able to add anything, and then I'll just close it off for, for today's episode. So um, Craig, anything else? Last call? Yeah, go for it, Craig. Oh, Craig, I think your microphone's not working, so you might have to exit out and rejoin again if that's happening. Uh, again, I apologize, not exactly sure why that doesn't doesn't happen sometimes. One of the things that was interesting, and I'll just uh, hit upon this, uh, Craig was talking about it. Um, yeah, Craig, you might need to leave the stage and come back real quick. But um, it was even just interesting listening to to Craig talk about um, the Fremen. But here we have like the Fremen, literally spelled F-R-E-M-E-N, which is again, kind of like the free, the free men. And, and I'm sure that's not just any sort of coincidence. That's very intentional. The Fremen are the free men. I, again, kind of like free from free from many things free from kind of like this like old narrative of, of being kind of like sucked into like um you know sort of like patriarchal hierarchical industrialized sort of domination between ourselves and, and reality and culture and nature um and instead the fremen again more finding freedom through the symbiosis finding freedom through through the experience of living in awe uh, with the world around them. So I, I just thought that was interesting because that somehow I didn't really put two and two together. I'm like, oh, the Fremen are the free men because they are free, they're liberated. And and so again, this this story, um, much as what Divine Consciousness was saying, again, you know, when you read it, you become it. So so you get to experience Paul's journey. 
Um, and with that, again, this is the story of like Paul being able to experience like the, the world of liberation through the culture of the indigenous knowledge of the Fremen, which is very much what many of us have the opportunity to be able to experience in today's day and age as well through reconnecting with uh, indigenous uh, earth, earth wisdom as well. So, Craig, did you want to jump back up and, and just any closing thoughts? And then uh, we'll, we'll be dumped for today and went a little bit extra. So appreciate everybody sticking around. And uh, Craig, we're bringing you up on stage, and then we'll just give you a chance to share any closing thoughts. Go, go ahead, Craig, and yeah, anything else you want to jump in on? Feel free. Yeah, cool, man. Um, yeah, that chirping into what you're saying at the end there about how it was about the connection to the indigenous way of living, and seems like a, a deeper level than than Avatar. Uh, in a way, you know, Avatar's was quite obvious, but yeah, the the Fremen and the Freeman aspect was like you can see you just took a letter out there and trying to trying to get that message across, but it shows with uh, the director, Denny, I can never pronounce his surname, but the kind of movies he does with the psychological mindset and like with Blade Runner 2049, such captivating, beautiful shots. It speaks so much through the imagery and obviously Hans Zimmer, incredible, just this level of consciousness that's come together to make these films and these mediums to get these deep-seated messages across. And amazing for the film for doing so well, you know, to... I've not seen the numbers of it, but I imagine it's been a, a really big hit. Um, and it's been greenlit for the sequel, hasn't it? So for that, and then the third one, if it comes, like, great time for cinema and to see the... Absolutely. Yeah, it's a great time to be a, a, a geek and a movie fan, that's for sure. So, um, Craig, not sure if your microphone cut out there. If uh, anything else you just want to add in, feel free. And, uh, and then at that point, again, we're just going to get wrapped up, so... Craig might glitch out, but that's okay. Um, the other thing I was just going to mention again, one of the things within movies is always interesting to even just acknowledge who the actors are. And, and so if you look at all the actors in this movie, there, there's it's very interesting because like all of them have been involved in, in other work that actually has like a lot of like, like conscious and sometimes even like spiritual themes as well. Um, so when you look at it uh, again, you know, you got... Um, just gotta make sure I'm getting everyone's name here. I uh, Oscar Isaac is Duke Leto. Like he's been in other movies like Ex Machina, um, Annihilation. I love him. Like obviously in Star Wars, like a lot of like kind of conscious themes in that. Uh, Jason Momoa again is Duncan Idaho. Um, a lot of like kind of conscious themes within his stuff. He's very like conscious and self aware. So again, I think he was a perfect match for this uh, story as well. Um, go watch Jason Momoa in the TV series called C. It's on Apple TV. Really recommend that. Very 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 spiritual movie as well. TV series. Um, again, Timothy Chalamet been in a lot of movies with some very like open minded themes. Um, Zendaya, if you haven't seen Zendaya, uh, her in the show Euphoria, very fascinating. Again, a lot of like, if, if they're in movies, it's not like all the movies are just like straight up spiritual, but they're very like self aware. Um, Javier Bardem, he's been in a lot of like really powerful movies. Uh, Josh Brolin, literally like Thanos, <laughs> Thanos going through his own awakening. Josh Brolin was one of my favorite characters in this. So um, again, so many awesome characters and themes. And again, shout out to Denise Valnu and Frank Herbert for bringing this masterpiece together. I love the idea that consciousness will do that, where it's like literally spanning across generations and decades. But again, you know, the, the movie Dune, just as many movies that have come out over the many years, is as i like to interpret it consciousness doing what it can to be able to help wake itself up and obviously you know it's a bunch of people who are incredibly passionate coming together to be able to create some art but within this there's kind of like the soul of the planet speaking through the art to be able to deliver to deliver and relay a message 
So for each of us, you know, why is Dune so popular? Well, Dune is so popular because with it, it carries a message. And what is that message? And again, I think in summary, as we conclude this, the message is to, you know, become more aware of our relationship between ourselves and our culture, between our, between, yeah, between ourselves and our culture, between ourselves and our, in our nature, between ourselves and our environment. Um, and to question authority, to question authority. Um, and then again, to be able to kind of like, you know, choose how we align with like our own destinies that are calling us, dive deeper into the relationship between ourselves and our dreams and activate our precedence powers and tap into kind of like superhuman level stuff, but with it, um, carry that responsibility to be able to serve a purpose bigger than ourselves. So again, that's just me just kind of taking a swing at it, but those and many themes are, are part of the messages uh, of Dune uh, which again is part of the reason why I think it's so popular and will continue to be quite popular because it speaks deeply to our soul. So with that said, thank you so much everyone for being a part of today's Paradigm Shift Circle discussion. And uh, what the most important thing out of all this is what did you think? For those of you listening into the future, what did you think of Dune? Were there some particular themes that really stood out to you? Was there anything that we missed? Uh, be sure to leave your comments and give this video a like. That definitely helps the algorithm so more people can find it. And uh, yeah, stick around. We got plenty more Paradigm Shift Circle discussions every week, Wednesday, 4 p.m. EDT. And again, if you'd like to be able to connect further with the community, be sure to join our Discord server for updates on events from fellow creators. And you can also support by joining our Patreon membership, which is $11 a month to be able to get access to private community events and full access in the Discord chat and access to me as a Conscious Media Creation Coach collab with fellow team member team members and to really dive deeper into our community of conscious creators and thank you again to our patreon supporters there as well and if you guys want a tip uh, feel free to do that you can find my paypal link in the info for this video and also be sure to connect with the fellow creators featured in this episode so again shout out to aj symbiotic solutions craig divine consciousness and everybody else who's been tuned in on this as well and yeah you can go find dune in theaters or on hbo max and uh let us know let us know and, and enjoy it like i said watch it kind of like a meditation and um yeah with that said we look forward to having you back here again for more paradigm shift central circles and thank you again everyone for for being here and for being a part of this discussion uh this has been awesome and encouraging you guys to continue this discussion with people you know so go talk to people who have seen dune or just geek out on dune uh check out those youtube video youtube channels i was talking about again quinn's ideas and nerd cookies go look up those for more and uh we'll be back here again for more paradigm shift central circles and i look forward to geeking out about dune uh for many many more conversations still to come so uh, with that said for those of you in the in the discord server if you guys want to just join me in saying farewell and until next time and we will conclude the broadcast so rainy craig if you guys are able to feel free to unmute your microphone and we'll just say farewell and uh thank you again everyone so bye everyone thank you guys for tuning in we love you guys waving at the microphone we love you guys thank you guys share this with your friends paradigm shift radio on spotify all right i'll talk to you guys later <laughs> Peace out, everybody. Great talk. Thanks again. All right. Take care, everyone. Much love. Keep it shifty.